0: Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season Two. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing?
1: A B C
0: D. <laughs> Is that funny? So each week I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together, we grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am busy mumsy. Hello, my beautiful busy mumsies. Ash here, and I am absolutely thrilled to have you join me for another captivating episode of the Busy Mumsy podcast. Today is extra special. It's an extra special treat, but every week it feels like an extra special treat. What can I say? I can't lie about that. I just like, always feel so amazing meeting new busy mumsies globally. And today I get to meet, I get to finally welcome Chrissy Powers on for a chat. Well, Chrissy Powers wears many hats. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, a dedicated mom, a loving wife, an eloquent writer, and a true believer in the power of positivity. Hailing from the sunny-soaked city of San Diego, California, yes, say that three times fast, Chrissy's impact stretches far and wide, reaching individuals from every corner of the globe through the wonders of the online world. As we delve into today's conversation, you'll get to know Chrissy's remarkable journey and the profound lessons she learned along the way. With her personal healing voyage as a guiding light, she's discovered an unwavering passion for connecting with and assisting others. I am so ready for this. Are you? I hope so. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy chat. Chrissy Powers, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thanks for
1: having me. Glad to be here.
0: Well, I have. I'm already like a million cups of coffee in, but I feel like you're waking up on the on the side of the world where you are located. Can you uh, share where you are in, in the big bag globe? <laughs> I am in
1: San Diego, California. So I've had one cup of coffee. <laughs>
0: and oh, two right. yeah,
1: the sun. I, have to, I have to ask. You've got three kids, so it's are they back to school now, or do you still have a week or two tomorrow? Two of them go back tomorrow, and then one goes back in September.
0: Oh, I'm in countdown.
1: Yeah. I'm in countdown.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I, I never like really quite understood like why I would be like around other moms and they would just, and I didn't have Adia yet. And they would just be like, Oh, I just like, I just need them to go
1: back. I get it now. Like yeah. I get it.
0: And like, it's not I- that
1: you're like tired of that. I mean, you might be a little bit, it's that they need it. Like they need yeah. No, she's bored. Like I mean, I went to the craft
0: store again today, and I was like, "What else am I going to buy her?" Okay, emoji stickers because she is like hook, line, and sinker board And I'm just kind of like, "What, what are we going to do the rest of the?" So she she's going back next week, and I just know she's excited to like put the uniform on and like see all of her friends. Like,
1: yeah,
0: it, and that's it. Like nothing more, nothing less. Well. Chrissy, you have quite the extensive resume, and it's absolutely brilliant. And what you do on social media also as a content creator, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, very, very inspiring. I wanted to dive into, if you could share with us how your personal healing journey led you to become a licensed marriage and family therapist. I would love, I know it's a bit heavy out the gate, but like, just because your platform is so uplifting, but you know, there's roots to it, right? So I'd love for you to share your journey of of the roots that have kind of like now gotten you to where you are. Yeah,
1: I love that question. Um, So I had an eating disorder in college and I was depressed and later on in life also would have learned that that was also a sign of anxiety. Um, And I just thought I need help for my eating disorder because I don't want to live in this Cage for the rest of my life and so that's what got me into thinking wow maybe i could do um therapy and help other people that have had eating disorders um and i also it's so funny because i my background is in art and so i thought oh, i'll just go be an art therapist and then i started to like ask other people like what should i do i was in a job i hated and my brother who was a therapist. At the time said you should just go back to school and become a therapist and then you can use whatever modality you want and i was like oh that's pretty expansive okay and so i i had to prove to myself that i could do it because i had so many limiting beliefs but i went with it i did it and it was the best thing that i've ever done like for myself was to just trust that i was good enough and that i could help people um i thought i was too messed up (laughs) i thought there's no way i can help people but eating disorders
0: make you flip the brain that you are never enough. Yeah. You are never enough. And you're filling and you're filling this void. It's like the one thing you think you can control, but you can't. I am a fellow. I I, I battled bulimia for, for years um, and happily am on the other side of it. But I understand that there's that void. There's
1: that feeling yeah, it's such a trap. It's like, that's where you get your sense of control. That's where you get your sense of peace and worth because it's attached to your image and your body. And so um, once I started healing from that and then got into school, I was just like, this is the best thing I could have done for myself. So I started um, as an eating disorder and drug addiction counselor. And then I got married and had got pregnant and, um, was also working as a therapist in a private practice at the time so when I had my first I wanted to be home with him during the days so I quit that job and then I would just work at night when my husband would come home and that was like a slow process of building a clientele and getting my hours to become licensed but I didn't like I just I didn't let it go I, but my main priority was a mother at that time cuz my son was a baby and so I really appreciated that I could do that. Um, and then I also fell into mommy blogging at the time. It was 2012, 2013-ish, and I did not know what blogging was. And a friend approached me and she was like, let's start a blog together. And I was like, what's that? And so <laughs> we read this book, Michael Hyatt, called Platform, and we were like approaching it like a legit business. We were like, let's do this. So we created this blog together. And she ended up not liking blogging, but I loved it. And I was like, this is a place where I can show my art, my photography, and I can write about motherhood and mental illness or anything that we, you know, come as women like encounter. And so um, I just thrived in it. And then it became something that was profitable. I didn't even know it could be profitable. And then by the time I had my second son, it was like I was getting paid for it. And so it was like the best of both worlds. I was home with my babies and I was getting paid to write and to, um, you know, take pictures, which I loved. And so that was how I started a platform. But then I slowly became like disillusioned with it. Like I just didn't feel right about it was at the time when everything was curated and everything was perfect. And I didn't. I I tried to toe the line of like, what is like too perfect for, and like, I would have a perfect photo, but then the catch
0: would be real. (laughs) Like, it's like the boom of Pinterest, right? Like right in that kind of like little middle part where like everything was perfect on Pinterest and you either drank the Kool-Aid or you didn't.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I drank the Kool-Aid for a bit and I was like, and it just got to me. Like, I just couldn't do both. I couldn't, I couldn't keep making my kids take these photos that they didn't want to take once they got older. And so it was really a gift when it kind of all fell apart during the pandemic 2020. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not getting paid anymore for these jobs. For some reason, it just all dried up. I just couldn't keep up with the pace. There was new moms coming in. My agency had called me the OG mom blogger, which I I was like, is that a good thing? (laughs) Because I'm not getting jobs. (laughs) And then they let me go. And I was like, I remember I was in my office. I was trying to do both. I was like, I had gone back to work as a therapist. I had a private practice. It was growing, but my kids were home and my husband and I were trying to like educate them, um, doing distance learning. And I was trying to do blogging too, and and Instagram influencing. And they let me go. And I was just in tears, but I was so relieved. I was like, I can't, I can't keep this up. So maybe this is for the best. And so, um, I just transitioned my account more to mental health and therapy and women related issues, which is what I had always wanted to do before. But it just finally, that gave me permission to be like, all right, I'm going for it. And it,
0: but it also allowed, I I feel like it probably allowed you to heal more as well because I'm sorry. you, you The world can be a very toxic yada, 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 when it comes to that social media content creation. And I think if you're not, you know, all in or you know, you know, it can get rough and wild. And I think you have to make a conscious decision of me first, family first, my own mental health first. And then now you're thriving. You just said it, your your business is thriving and you're you're probably paving the way for so many clients
1: that just need you and nurture that need the nurturing, but yet it's nurturing you. Absolutely. I feel like now I get the clients that really need me and want me because they see my message online and it resonates. And I'm like, this is the best kind of marketing as, as a therapist when you're like the, I want to get these certain clients. Um, and that not to mention, it helps me heal from a lot of religious trauma because um, I started putting myself out there more authentically and really sharing my voice. And that had a lot of backlash, like from my religious community at the time. Um, luckily I was in therapy (laughs) and that helped, but I had to let that go. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But also I chose myself. I was like, no, this is true for me. This is my healing. And this is what it looks like as a woman healing from purity culture, healing from religious trauma. This is what it looks like. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you so you can feel comfortable. Well, I mean, you and
0: I just met. The reason why I was I reached out to you is because I love the content, the authentic content you are creating. It doesn't feel perfect. It feels like it comes from your gut, opposed to wait, well, my content manager said I had to post X amount today. And this is what we're doing in this particular color palette. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good. Um, I might get in trouble for saying that, but it just is. I think it's like very obvious um, with accounts that like if it's pure and authentic or if it's coming from a much more monetized space, but thank you for creating something that feels safe, warm, and welcoming. What I would love to know is for you, because you're giving so much and you're, you're nurturing so much. How do you kind of switch off that hat of working with clients, working with your, working on yourself, and then ch- your kids, because yeah, okay. children, you've got three of them, three different personalities, three different likes, wants, needs, all of that. How is it? Do you find that you have to switch off that work brain, that nerd, to, to go over to that? Or is it just kind of like a common, nice, easy transition? <laughs> I wish it
1: was nice and easy. Um, Would you like that joke, Chrissy? <laughs> <laughs> I liked that joke. That was good. Um, it's... I have ADHD so it's now that I know that I have that it helps me to see that like I need sometimes I need my partner to say hey like put the phone down because I'm like I just one more thing I got to do one more thing I got to finish um so he helps me a lot and um I have to be honest I don't always do the best job when I'm with my kids because I do work for myself and our phones are our like lifeline to our businesses and so sometimes it is appropriate for me to be like I'm sorry you guys I gotta answer this email right now um and then sometimes I'm like okay when do I shut it down and turn it off and so it's just a constant checking for me um I do have like things on my phone to say like you've already spent your time today on social media. So then I'm like, okay, I'm aware I'm hitting the button 15 more minutes. I'm hitting the button. So it's like, I do have things like that to help me. Um, but it's just, I know it's one of my goals to get offline more and to like just having that as a goal. I know when I'm not working towards it. Um, so it's just a constant, just like, there's no such thing as balance balance is just a constant reprioritizing and noticing like oh today fell off balance what did i do too much what did i not do and then tomorrow how can i fix that add to that change that and so really that's what it looks like for me it's just a constant like checking in
0: do you find that you're working more meaningfully with your clients that it is now a lot more virtual opposed to that in-person session
1: Uh, yeah, there's benefits to both. There's benefits to being online because sometimes I can do some really amazing work with a client in their home where they feel super safe and we can do some like experiential stuff. Um, and then there's benefits to being in person and seeing someone really in that same space. Um, so yeah, I think, I think both are great.
0: And how, how is it then with the kids and screen time because they see mama, she's doing her work. Are, are your kids homeschooled or are they, or, or do they, are they off to the, the races?
1: They're off to the races. They're in, okay. yeah, we couldn't do homeschool. We After pandemic, we were like, oh. I'm like okay. Because a, a lot of people did transition just to
0: doing homeschooling yeah. um, mm-hmm. after, because of the pandemic. So the, they're off to the races. I, okay, full transparency, and I did not, I did not shine off to the fact that I failed as a mother on this trip that Addie and I, my daughter did from America back to Uganda. It was like 32 hours of pure hell. And that child had a screen attached to her nose by the end of it. Like, I, I kid you not, like uh, we were probably watching them backwards Um, by the end of the trip and so this screen this like fixation on this thing like I mean I can't imagine having to navigate it with three children because I'm like trying to figure it out with one but it's like how do you find the balance of that screen time because now that we've been back and we're you know gearing up for school it's She hasn't had it. So it's like a Saturday treat. We're doing like one hour on a Saturday. It's Smurfs or Gabby's Dollhouse. Pick one. That's it. We're going to live there for an hour, but that's it. So it's like, how do you, because you are in front of that camera all the time, teaching, working and all of that. How do you find the balance for your kids?
1: Yeah. Um, We recently took away the iPads and we only use them for trips now. Um, because they did all have iPads for a while and we realized that was more toxic for them than the TV because it was like, right, like you said, right in front of their face and they actually, can just like, literally. Literally. yeah, their, their yeah. attention span is shortened because they can be on, you know, kids YouTube and go from one video to the next. And so um, we actually, we were on a trip and like two of my kids iPads broke um and we were like sorry guys like it's just too expensive to fix it <laughs> and so um so then we easily like we're like okay we got to take away the iPad we have one iPad we use it for trips now and um occasionally on the weekends they might get a little bit of time to play with their friends online because they have like a game they play um but we just say okay a couple like an hour in the morning of TV while we're waking up and then uh, that allows my husband and I to like, have coffee and a conversation um, this is just during the summertime. And then um, after dinner, we'll watch something as a family. So it is we really limited the phone and then the iPad. But I mean, it's constant like for us too. Like we're constantly evaluating, taking, you know, trying to decrease the time, but then sometimes you have to increase the time if a kid's sick or if you have like, A busy like today my husband and I both have an appointment at one o'clock so he's with the kids right now and then they'll come home and he'll probably feed them lunch and then put something on for them so they can play and then watch something and then we'll take we'll turn it off and go outside so we balance it with outside we balance it with like okay you guys had so much screen time today we're going outside now let's go to the beach
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you're in San Diego. It's like the best yeah. weather. It's the best beach. I, I mean, San Diego is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the best tacos, not going to lie. Yeah. I literally, if I remember all of my time there, I'm just like, oh man, a taco truck and the beach, sign me up.
1: Yeah. We're pretty mm-hmm. lucky.
0: Yeah. So also on your platform is not only about the ther- their therapeutic side of healing, but also the movement side which I love because I'm I'm a dancer at heart forever will be. Um, it, it is my my jam. I mean, I actually I, I'm very sore today. Still, I was at a party a couple nights ago and I danced all night. I haven't danced that that much oh, so in, in in years. I actually think my my wedding was the last time I danced that night that that much. And my calves are rocks still today. That's <laughs> Chills are off, and I am just going to jump around because he is playing pit bull, and it made me happy. So I want to chat about nonlinear movement method. This is yeah. a method that, that you have trained under. Can you explain this method and how it enhances the healing method to find your most authentic self? I had to write that one down. I had to look at my notes, Chrissy. I'm not going to lie.
1: Good. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, it was 2019, and I was um I was really in my masculine energy which was like just go and produce and keep working hard and make more content and I felt like I was just like trying to run up this hill and I was in a women's circle group online and the the coach taught us non-linear movement which she had been trained in and it was just like, get on your yoga mat, close your eyes, drop your head, listen to some music without words and move out whatever you're feeling. And I just was like feeling a lot of anger at the time. And I just went to town and I felt so good after. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so simple and so good. But like, I want to learn how to train people in this too. So then I went and found out, oh my gosh, Michaela Boehm is the person that created this and she's in Ohio, which is two hours from me. And so I signed up right before the pandemic hit and i got to be trained by her and it was amazing like in person it was our last in-person training and i was so glad i did it um and so non-linear movement is all about unfreezing patterns of trauma and when we're traumatized it's like the gas in the breaker on at the same time and all of that energy is moving through your body um, and if we don't move it out, it gets stored in our body, in our fascia, which is our connective tissue to our muscles and bones. And that resonated with me so much because after years of talk therapy for my, you know, certain traumas that I had been through, um, I just kept hitting a wall, even with EMDR, which is another therapy that people do for trauma, which is really effective. I do it as well. Um, I just felt like I kept hitting a conscious wall. When I did nonlinear movement, I dropped into my body and I would just like, I just felt my body take over. And I finally, for the first time, allowed my body to do what she wanted to do. After years of trying to control her and tell her how to look, how to be, how to move, I was like, okay, the premise here is to trust my body and the innate wisdom of my body. And when I go with that and know that my body has a wisdom, I can trust her. I allowed her to move. And yeah, sure, you feel weird at first and you're judging yourself, but then you, I'm, I would recognize those judgments and then I would journal about them later. And I started to feel better. I started, like my, my body didn't respond to my triggers like it used to. And that's when I knew, oh, this was the missing piece.
0: It instantly makes me think, How have you reflected back then to your first pregnancy and your second pregnancy before you started this movement? Because what, what, like connection wise, how you felt postpartum had to have been so different because baby number three, you would already were into your training and already had that movement. Can you share if that was like a big difference or what did you learn from that?
1: I had learned that there's not like, I always had felt like there was this other shoe that was going to fall. Like that, like is just right around the corner. So I had learned to trust myself, to trust my higher power more. Um, My nervous system was much more like stable and smoothed out. Um, And I had learned that I had now a tool to utilize when I did feel anxious. So I didn't have to just sit there and try to figure it out in my brain or just take some deep breaths, I could literally move out that energy and move out how I was feeling. So then I felt like, oh my gosh, I could do this around my kids. I can do this with my baby. I can do this like with my toddler who's crawling underneath me, who also needs to move. Kids naturally move out their own issues, which is what a tantrum is. (laughs) They don't let those feelings stay inside. So they naturally move it out. And so it was
0: really... I like, witnessed about five of them today. So yes, I, I, I as, as I smile, I witnessed five of them.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's like, we get to have our own tantrum. Like when you do nonlinear movement in a safe space, that's where you honor the feelings that are inside of you. You can express them, but you can also move. That's just release. Nonlinear movement and working with a practitioner also helps you to like How to move in a way to enliven your body, to enhance pleasure, to find parts of your body that do feel pleasurable and practice growing those. And then also like moving your body in a way that informs your brain that what you want is possible for your life. So it's like a beautiful spectrum of coming home to your body. I love that. And then, like you said, that
0: the kids will move, they'll they'll get out that energy. How... Do you, do you have advice? Do you have tips with, you know, parents that are struggling to support their child's emotional well-being and their resilience? Because they can move for so much, but as someone who is highly educated, there has to be other tips and tricks that can help that struggling parent that really needs to, like, help the child kind of find steady ground.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're in that. Too right now, trying to support our, our littlest one with that. And we are educating her, we're telling her, we're validating her. And uh, so I would tell any parent, like, for number one, your kid's behavior and their tantrum, isn't necessarily a reflection on you and your parenting, It's what they're experiencing, their big emotions inside. So when you can sort of externalize that and take your ego out of it, Then you're able to say, oh, wow, they're really experiencing something. Um, And so labeling and say, okay, I see you're really mad. I can tell you're stomping your feet on the ground and I can tell you're really mad. So number one, validating their experience and then saying, let me, can I help you with your big emotions? And then giving them a choice. Would you like a hug or would you like me to help you breathe through this? Would you like to hit a pillow? Because you can hit a pillow. You can't hit Mommy but you can hit a pillow because I understand what it's like to be mad. And yeah, I love that. That's a big one I learned was like not telling them to not feel what they feel. So Mm -hmm. like my son once came home and was getting bullied and was like, they're telling me I'm this and that. And, and I, I, I'm this and that. And instead of saying, no, you're not all that. I said, I remember feeling that way too. So his feelings, even though, yeah, your kid's feelings are valid. And so the more you validate them and say, yes, I remember feeling that way too. What can we do? That can get you further than, no, don't listen to them. You're not that. So don't talk them out of their feelings. Validate them and then help them move through their feelings. Just like you also want to move through your feelings. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm definitely going to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. She's in bed now, but <laughs> moving forward, I'm going to try my best to work that way. And especially the, cause we're, we're in the, she's, she's three and she's doing the not my friend slap. Yeah. Not my friend kick. And you're just yeah. like, I am your friend. I'm your number one fan. I'm here for you. Do you want to hug? But, but the whole where can we shift your movement, your energy to not an actual human being would be great, and I love that idea of like a pillow, something soft. Take it to the animal. <laughs> Go that yeah. route.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dr. Becky, good inside. She like that's the, her Instagram account. She, I think, she was the one that said you can sort of, you know, obviously hold her hand before she hits you and say, I will not let you hit. Oh, that was Janet Lansbury that said that. So when you as a parent say, I will not let you hit, because you know that that's not what they actually really want to do. They're just feeling something really big inside. Um, so we started that saying that too with our toddlers, like I will not let you hit. And then recently my little five-year-old's like been saying, I hate you when she's really bad. And I know she doesn't hate me. She's obsessed with me. So I will say after I know you were really upset. I know um, we don't, you know, we don't use that word. We don't say hate. Um, so is there a different word you can say? Or You can say you're really upset with me. You can say this, that, but that's a hurtful word. And so just sort of educating them and giving them different choices is really helpful.
0: Yeah, that's I mean I'm definitely been using the whole choices of uh, even picking out clothing. I know that has nothing to do with the emotional side, but it something so minuscule like do you want dress A or do you want dress B? Yeah. These are the two choices. I want you to pick and be excited, but if you don't, then mommy gets to pick today. Yeah.
1: That's us give her to the hour. Mm-hmm. That's what we're
0: doing. Well, I want to hear about your retreats coming up. You have two retreats coming up. One at Joshua Tree, September 28th to October 1st. And then the second one, Isle of Palm, November 2nd to the 5th. Yeah. All of the information will be linked into the show notes. Um, it will also be up at the Busy Mumsy website. Um, so please go there if you want even further details for the, to the Busy Mumsy listener. Can you share what to expect, the importance to you, the meaning for you to host events. I mean, I I miss teaching yeah. and doing good fitness. Like, what does it mean to you to be holding these now and to have so many people globally coming in for your events?
1: Oh, it's so, it's such a dream come true for me. Like, I never on, you blogging. You don't need blogging. You get <laughs> retreats now. You get I, retreats. I know, thank you. <laughs>
0: Whoever that agent was. I'm going to flip them the bird. Like, come on. You want to know
1: something funny is that the the CEO of that company that let me go actually just reached out to me and said, it's really inspiring to see what you're doing now with your Instagram. And I was like, Oh, thank you. That was really awesome. I needed to hear that. So yeah, that was a little full circle moment. Uh, Retreats were just like, I get ideas that are so inspired and And I just go with them. And so I did, my first one was in Costa Rica, 2022. And that was so fun. But like a lot of the women on the trip were my friends. So it felt sort of like, okay, cool. I had supported my friends. And then I was reading this book, um, Mary Magdalene Revealed in January. And I was like, I have to take women here to France where it's just a beautiful, the Provence is so um, deeply sacred to the feminine. And so I I partnered with a friend who makes gorgeous trips for women. And, um, and I sort of pulled from all the places that I went to that were so healing, um, like on site where I was trained in experiential therapy. And so I was like, wow, I can really pull all of my favorite things together, which is like, You know, sacred sisterhood and group therapy, beautiful places and travel, art and just, you know, photography. And that can all be healing for women. And I feel like that's what we need. Like So instead of just going on a girls trip um, where you just go have fun and sort of numb out, like this is like going on the best girls weekend or week of your life where you have lifelong friends after and you get to heal with other women, like you actually get to do work. um, That's really insightful, that changes you. It's an experience. And our brain changes when we have experiences. So when we travel, we are using different parts of our brain. But when you travel, and you do like healing modalities, that's like life changing, you will come back changed. And that's one of the best things I've seen come out of My trips, we still, we have like a WhatsApp DM group for everybody that went on my trip last year to France or no, this year. And the women are still holding space for one another. They're all like, this happened. And then, you know, we've got women struggling in their relationships and they're asking for help and they're all encouraging each other. And I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. And like, that to me is, it gives me chills. So it's lifelong. It's like the best thing, and then you get to have this experience that's just so fun and life giving. So yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. And it's a
0: it's another beautiful full circle moment for you of like where you started, but then coming back around to your healed self, like yourself that's probably feels way more grounded and in tune and connected to you know your your tummy, if you will, and also how with the kids in this type of therapy and everything like, do, are, are they aware of like the transformation that you give out and help others achieve? Like, are they aware of that? That's a good question.
1: I don't know if, I think my oldest who's 11 might know a little bit and I've started to share more with them what I do. Um, like if I see a therapist on TV or something, or they reference something therapeutic, I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's what mommy does. Like, And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like she works in an office and she does this. But I'm like starting to explain to them when I go on these trips, um, I'm doing that as well. And so I don't know for sure if they quite understand, but they get it. They get the language because we obviously use it in our home as well. We like want to validate their feelings and talk to them about, um, you know, personal growth and development. But I don't I don't know if they fully get it yet. Well,
0: the Chrissy Powers who fell pregnant for the first time to the Chrissy Powers that you are today, what have you learned through your journey of healing, of nurturing, but then also being a very busy mumsy? Mm
1: -hmm. Any
0: advice, tips? What do you know now that you would like to pass the torch to that
1: new mama bear? Oh, my gosh. That's such a good question. Um, That your life is going to change and you're going to change. And the more you embrace that, the more you will enjoy the process and that all the things that you think you need and want are good, but you don't necessarily need them now. I think I was really like in, in you know, when I was pregnant with my oldest, I was like 30 and I was like two years into marriage. And I thought I just needed it all right then. And it's, it's just a process like of growing and learning and being where you're at. So I would probably say start meditating now. <laughs> I would say start some sort of meditation practice now just to, to stay in the moment yeah oh, I love
0: that. well Chrissy Powers thank you so much for your time your words of wisdom and all the details again will be in the Busy Mumsy show notes and have a beautiful day
1: thank you so thank you. much thanks for having me it's such a pleasure
0: thanks so much for listening to this week's show did you like it Adia yes oh the enthusiasm I love it please share your love by giving us a five-star rating a rockin review and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye bye, Adia?
1: Bye bye, Adia. <laughs>